You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you save your marriage no matter where you are in that process. You might be even in a marriage where you just you, you want to start off on a good footing, but you also might be on that that relationship that's really just on the on the edge. It's just, it's just been, really been through it and, and you're really having a hard time. And today I want to focus on that place where you might be just having a hard time. And the question is how you keep staying in the game. I've had this conversation with many of my clients over the time that, you know, they're just frustrated because they're having a hard time getting ahead. In fact, I've just spent some time on Facebook with some people who are just struggling with what do you do when you're getting pushback from your spouse, uh, when you're finding out that things are worse than you thought, when you, you find that there are legal issues going on, when you find out that there's another person, then when you find out that there are secrets that are lurking back there, when you find out all of these issues, how do you keep going? How do you stay in the game? It's a great question because, first of all, you have to decide to stay in the game. And that, that's a choice to decide that. I like that word decide, decide. You notice that it sounds a lot like some other words like homicide and suicide. That side piece is to kill. And so it really to decide is to divide it away, to kill away. It's to get rid of other options. And when you do that, you realize that you are making a choice on a daily basis. A lot of times when I'm talking with people about what should they do with their marriage, I point out to them that a marriage is something you do and saving a marriage is something you do on as a daily choice. I don't necessarily mean that on every day you wake up and you say, you know what, today I choose to stay married. But it's always a choice implicit in that. And you can always keep choosing that and deciding that. You can always keep walking in that direction. No matter what else is going on around you, you can always decide to do that. You can choose that as your approach. Marriage is a daily thing. Ending a marriage is a moment in time. And you can always choose that moment in time. Your spouse can always choose that moment in time. But until that point when you're ready to choose it versus feeling it or versus thinking about it, think about that difference. Whether you're choosing it or whether you're deciding to be within it, that's a different place to be, right? And you choose to leave a relationship. It's not when you feel like leaving it. It's when you decide to leave a relationship. And each day you choose to continue working on the relationship. So how do you keep staying in the game? You can always walk away. And knowing that is part of what helps you choose to stay in it sometimes. I always think about that image. You know, sometimes it feels like when you're trying to save a marriage that it's like a wrestling match. Uh, maybe you think of it as, as a kind of a mixed martial arts. You know, they put you in a ring and, and you're, you're going at each other. And, and at some point, somebody in the middle of that struggle might tap out. And the tap out is, hey, I give. You know, I've had enough. I'm not going to do it anymore. But you can decide not to tap out. You can decide not to concede. You can decide not to walk away on a daily basis. And part of what I'm I'm, uh, suggesting is when you know you could, you choose not to do that. You choose to keep on moving because you know there's another layer, something else you can do in that process. So when it's tough, I want you to think of 
kind of the reasons why it might be feeling like you're ready to give up. The first thing you want to do is kind of do an assessment. Why am I feeling like I want to give up? Why am I feeling like I want to leave the game? Often it's because your anxiety has got you. That's the first reason. Your anxiety has you. And if that's what's got you, at least be able to acknowledge it. The anxiety may be you don't know how it's going to turn out. One of the most interesting things uh, to, for me to watch is how many people contact me and say, hey, you know what, I'll grab your system, I'll try your program if you can guarantee me that I can save my relationship. Well, you can pretty much get, guess that I can't guarantee that. I can't promise the outcome. I can tell you the statistics for how many people use my program and are successful saving their marriage. I've got those statistics. But the statistic that matters is how it applies to you. And I can tell you my statistic is not 100%. It, nobody has 100% success rate. Uh, nobody has that. In fact, most are well below 50% and a lot are below 20% success rate. We're higher than that, but we don't have everybody. There's no way I can guarantee that. But there's another interesting piece to that. Where else in life do you apply that? You know, I won't take that job unless you guarantee me that I can become president of the company. I won't take that, buy that stock unless you can guarantee me that it's going to double. I won't, and you name anything, I won't have a child unless you guarantee me that child is going to be easy and pleasant and always be listening to me. I, I won't get that dog unless you guarantee me that dog is going to be well-disciplined and never cause problems. We don't do that anywhere else in life, but we do it in terms of working on the relationship. And there's one reason why. It's the anxiety. When we feel anxiety, we tend to pull away from it. We don't want to be sucked into the anxiety because we all kind of don't like the, the feeling of anxiety. But anxiety is not your enemy. Anxiety is just a symptom of you. To, uh, it's telling you that there's something important here. When you feel anxious about whether you can save the relationship, that's a clue that the relationship is important enough to make you anxious. If you didn't care about it, you wouldn't care on working on it. The reason you want to work on it is because of how important it is. The reason you experience that anxiety is because of how important it is. We experience anxiety in relationship to how important something is in our lives. So recognize that all your anxiety is telling you is that this is important. This is a big deal. This is a big relationship in your life, and you want to move in that direction. The reason we allow anxiety to talk with us and convince us that we need to get out of the game is because we don't like the feeling. And the problem is we get anxious about anxiety. When I work with people who have been having anxiety attacks, one of the things that's interesting is it's not really the thing that's making them anxious that they're worried about. It's the, the anxiety over having anxiety that, the, that gets them worked up. In fact, so many times I've watched that they step into an anxiety attack because of their anxiety about the anxiety, not about anything else. Anxiety is not something that's pleasant, nor is it dangerous. Many times when I was a hospital chaplain, I would spend a lot of time working with people who came in thinking they were having a heart attack or, or some other large crisis only to find that it was just anxiety. And I say just anxiety, meaning it wasn't going to hurt them long term. It made them feel bad, but it wasn't going to do any permanent damage. Anxiety is not your enemy. It's just pointing out that something is important. But that's one of the reasons that people decide not to work on a relationship. Another reason people decide not to stay in the game is because of spousal pushback. 
I talk about this with my VIP folks as the primary fail point. A primary fail point is when you're most likely to give up on this. And one of the first times, the primary place you're likely to give up is when your spouse pushes back. So let me tell you ahead of time, your spouse will push back. That's part of the process. Your spouse is already saying, I don't know if I can work on this. I don't know if I want to stay in this. I don't know what to do about this. And so if you think that it's just going to be a turnaround, a simple turnaround, you've underestimated the damage that's there. If that happens, count yourself lucky. If you get something different, like a spouse pushing back against you, spousal pushback, that's an important part. Now, there are times when we want to take the spousal pushback as realistic feedback. Let's say you're trying to connect, and whatever you're doing as a way of connecting, your spouse says, you know what, that's feeling very crowding, you're smothering me, I need my space. You recognize that that is legitimate feedback on how you're going about this. It's not a reason to stop. It's a reason to assess. I always talk about having that plan, and it's a reason to assess the plan. And one of the reasons you need the plan is to make sure you're on the plan. Sometimes people decide that they're going to do this like we do a lot of other things in life, by the seat of our pants. We don't do that in important things, but somehow in this important thing of saving a marriage, people like to fly by the seat of their pants. And Part of what I suggest is you don't do it by the seat of your pants because flying by the seat of your pants is exactly how we got to here. So recognize that that's the case and recognize that part of what's happening when your spouse pushes back is you're getting feedback. A pushback is simply feedback. It doesn't mean you're at the end of the match. It doesn't mean you need to tap out and it doesn't mean you need to leave the game. It just means that there's some feedback you need to attend to And it just means that's part of the process. Now, there is another reason that you might decide to drop out, and this is the one that's pretty legitimate. That's when there is an outside force, like a restraining order. I've had some people say, hey, you know what? I've got a no-contact order, so tell me how I can sneak this in. Tell me how I can communicate with my spouse. And my response is, you're now dealing with a legal issue. That's no longer a choice issue. It's a legal issue. You have to step back at that point or cause more problems. So I want you to notice that this is, this is the one where you step out. The other is when you have no choice but to step out. Maybe your spouse leaves, moves away, leaves no forwarding address, disconnects a phone, and makes sure there's no way for you to have contact. At that point, there's not much way to save the relationship because there is no longer a relationship. Or perhaps your spouse decides to get a restraining order for whatever reason, that's a time to step back. But the first two, I want you to be aware, are not reasons to step out of the game. The first one, anxiety. The second one, spousal pushback. That's just part of the process. So recognize that as part of the process. So here's how you stay in. One of the things that I recommend you doing, number one, is to give yourself a time frame. And the time frame can be whatever you're willing to do. For some people, it's years. For some people, it's months, six months, three months. But how long are you willing to keep at it regardless of what's coming your way? When Gary Chapman and I had our interview, uh, one of the things we talked about is doing a marriage experiment. And the marriage experiment, the marriage challenge, is to decide for a certain amount of time, you're not even going to worry about uh, getting love back. You're just going to show love using Gary's idea of love languages. You're going to show that person love, trying to fill their love tank. 
And at the end of that is the only time you're going to even start recalculating. So a lot of people will, will contact me and say, how long do I keep at this? And my response often is, how long have you been going? And the interesting thing is, most people who ask me that question have not been trying for very long, two, three, four weeks. I had someone last week that contacted me and said, your system doesn't work. And it's, it's just a failure completely. And I looked and I saw that they had been working on it for exactly 48 hours. And I said, how long has your, your marriage been in trouble? And they said, oh, probably about seven, eight years. And I said, you can't reverse a marriage in trouble in, of seven or eight years in a matter of a couple of days. It's going to take some time. So choose a time frame where you can disconnect from what's happening during that time frame. I would recommend at least a six-month period where you're going to keep working on this and you're going to keep working on this. And the end of six, weeks, six months is the first time you're going to even assess what to do next. So think about it in terms of six months. Now, to answer your question ahead of time, no, that does not mean you have to tap out at the end of six months. No, that does not mean you have to walk away at the end of six months. It just means that you're going to give yourself six months to not keep asking the question, how long do I keep after this? The second thing I suggest you do is do your list of whys. I've talked about this in other podcasts, and there's a link in the show notes to that podcast, but it's so important to have the big whys of why you're trying to save your marriage. When you sit down and you write out that list, you're going to notice that right off the bat, there are a lot of reasons why that are um, the reasons why of fear. I don't want to lose my kids. I don't want to lose the house. I don't want to lose part of my retirement. I don't know if I can live on my own. I don't know how to take care of these things. Those are all fear. And then you realize that there's another layer of aspirational beliefs of why you want to save on this. Maybe, maybe it's a commitment. Maybe you believe in commitment. Maybe you believe that promise you made at, at the wedding. Maybe you want to show your kids an intact family. Maybe you recognize that this is legacy work where you are doing something that can impact generations. You want to get rid of the fear reasons off your list. They can still be true for you, but you get them off your list and your list of reasons why end up being the aspirational ones, the big ones, the legacy work that you're doing. And you keep that list in front of you so that when you have your doubts, so that when you have your moments, when you're wondering what to do, you can go back to that list and say, this is why I'm doing it. This is why it's so important. And the third thing is probably the most difficult. This is another piece that I've been having ongoing conversations in, in the Facebook group about, and that's to disconnect from the outcome. Disconnect from the outcome. Your purpose is in your effort. Recognize that the only thing you can control is the effort and recognize the difference between process and success. You don't have any control over the success. That's out there in the future, but you do have control in the process. Make sure that you're following on your process. So many times I hear people say, I've got to save my marriage. And my response is, how are you working to save your marriage? And they're usually at a standstill. So you want to be focused on the how you're working on it, not what you have to do, but how you're working on it. The other thing that removes is the fact that it's some distant goal and it makes it today. Every day today, you work your process. So what does that process look like? Well, that's the plan. You need a plan because a plan is your process. If you don't have a plan, it needs to be a plan that's written down. It needs to be a plan that covers the three C's I talk about of connecting with your spouse, of changing yourself, and creating a new path. If you don't even know how to begin that process, 
and you want some help with that, you can do that if you will grab the Save the Marriage system. All you do is go to savethemarriage.com. And let me tell you, if these podcasts are making sense to you, it's time to step in and grab the system. If you don't have it already, grab the Save the Marriage system. So here are a couple of things I'm going to do if you go ahead and grab the Save the Marriage system. First thing I'm going to do is invite you into my VIP virtual coaching program for a week for free if you join as soon as you're purchasing the system so that you have a place to be, so that you have a place to get the resources and the help and the guidance that you need. I'll give you a free week of that. And I'll also, on top of that, make sure that one of my relationship coaches contact you to make sure that you've gotten started. We, we call it the Get Started Quick program, right? And it's a free service that we'll offer to you. It's not free like it's not worth anything. It's invaluable information but we'll give it to you at no charge if you go ahead and grab the Save the Marriage system. So if you need help, go to savethemarriage.com and grab the system. If you want to do a short shortcut, if you just are ready to do it, go to savethemarriage.com slash grab and you'll jump right in. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.